Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to another edition of FNO InsureTech. You are here, witness once again to how interesting, broad, and vast InsureTech is. And today, today, um, we have on people who have been with us many times before, two of the more generous people in the InsureTech space, the founders, the originators, the chairman and CEO, the big cheeses of the amazing conference InsureTech Connect are with us once again to do their annual FNO InsureTech InsureTech Connect preview episode. Isn't that right, Lee? I got that all out. You got a lot of that out. And yes, we couldn't be happier to have Jay and Caribou back on. Uh, it is always a wonderful time to get to visit with them. And today we're going to get a visit about, you know, what was what was last year like for them? But most importantly, what does the future hold? What does it look like this year? We get to go back to Las Vegas. We get to, to see each other. We get to shake hands again. Uh, we're going to get to go back to a conference and of all the conferences out there in our space, this is a this is the conference that you have to go to. So we get a visit. We get to talk about uh, what all is in store for us. Lee and I are big fans of this conference. Big fans. <laughs> the, the first few times we went, we were just like like a couple of yo-yos getting off the train in New York City for the first time in the yeah, big city. It was just just amazed by by the whole production. And yeah. uh, I don't know about shaking hands, though. I don't, I don't know. I, I I'm going to shake fist, everybody's hand. I think I'm going to be fist bumping. I think I think everyone needs a sign like, hey, I'm OK shaking hands. I'm not OK shaking hands. That yeah. way it's not awkward because it's going to be real awkward watching those hands. So, yeah, like if your hands are tied behind your back, that would be a sign. That would be a sign. Like, don't don't touch mm-hmm. me. I'm just saying we let, let's just toss that out there to the guys that, you know, Green means shake hands, red means no. You know, that way everybody feels comfortable. Well, whatever the case may be, we'll be there. And we'll yeah. look forward to seeing all you there. And please find us and tell us how our podcast helps you go to sleep every night. Yeah. Or whatever, or, or however it is that you use this podcast. You know what, Rob? I've talked to like four people this week from mm-hmm. that I haven't talked to in many, many, many months. And they all say that they keep up with us through the podcast. I think people actually listen to this thing. No, that can't be. I think so. It that's that's the craziest of everything this is. I mean, the fact that we're on like episode 100 and whatever and you know, we've talked to so many big names in the industry. The fact that people actually listen to this is the most amazing part to me. It really is. It's probably because of you, I'm guessing. It's because yeah. of the smart one. Yeah, you're 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 probably right. 
But isn't it funny though? I mean, if you think about it, all of this, all of this podcast really came out of InsureTech Connect. Yep. Looking around yep. saying, wow, this is a whole yep. world. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about this. We That's want right. to bring this to light. We need to make sense of it all because we looked around and thought, oh my goodness, I don't understand. I That's don't right. know exactly what I'm looking at. But now yeah. I feel like I can actually go into one of these InsureTech Connects and I understand it. And it was none other than Caribou Honig, who generously gave us an interview very early. He was like number two interview we had on our show. And he introduced us to the concept that this is an ecosystem. Yeah. And that word has come up a thousand times on our podcast. And it's so true. Right. And um, here's two of the guys who are kind of the proprietors of, of the ecosystem. So uh, without further ado, let's let's get to them and listen to what they have to say, which is a lot. You'll enjoy it. And um, and as always, thanks, Jay and Caribou, for for doing this. So here's the co-founders, chairman and CEO of InsureTech Connect, Caribou Honig and Jay Weintraub. Hey, everybody, we are here with our very special guests. Once again, the two, that's right, two co-founders of InsureTech Connect. You all remember InsureTech Connect. We certainly do. And we have with us today the hatted one, Caribou Honig, and the unhatted one, Jay Weintraub. Welcome back, guys. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you for letting it be hat optional. Thank you. (laughs) We love having you here. In fact, we always joke that when you appear on the podcast five times, you get a smoking jacket. Purely a joke, but yeah. And I think, Caribou, you might have just earned your smoking jacket. Yeah. I look forward to it in the mail. Or you can just hand deliver it to me in Vegas in October. That'd be awesome. That sounds like a great idea. I think that would be, do you guys put a lot of thought into what you wear to the conference every day? I'm mostly, as you'd expect, like trying to coordinate the uh, accessory on my head with the sports coat or suit I'm wearing. And and I am usually thinking far more about the walk-on music. It is like, like both interesting and indulgent and really clearly matters more to me than anyone else. But that is certainly on my mind more. And then making sure that I uh, I'm not in the exact same outfit from like a, the year prior or two years prior. <laughs> Three years is okay, but not not you know not a, not two years. That is true. You got to think about that. I think I remember a couple of years ago, one of the first times I ever saw you, Jay, was you came out on on the big stage during an intro, and you had on a suit and tennis shoes. Did I get that right? Think you might have someone else, uh, you know, being mistaken. But so if we consider uh, like Cole Hans that are comfortable versions, if we call mm. them tennis shoes, then then yes. Right. <laughs> so no, Rob. <laughs> not quite. Maybe not, maybe not quite. Well, we're thrilled to have you guys back with us, and we thank you for joining us again. And we're here today to talk about the big show. There's so much to talk about and unpack. Because not only are we here to talk about InsureTech 2021, which is coming up in October and is very exciting, and I'm sure you guys will tell us all about that, but also to talk about the journey that you guys have gone through. And so why don't we start with the big event and talking about that. Jay, why don't you tell us when it is, where it is, what's happening? Give us some details. 
Oh, I've been happy to. So the big event in SureTech Vegas will be October 4th through 6th at the Mandalay Bay. And we are just cannot wait to have everyone back together for as much, I would say, as you know, we have seen just how much can be accomplished digitally. I feel like we've been, you know, sort of, it's only shown just how much better it is to be face-to-face. I agree with you. I'm looking at this as being the first big conference back. I know that people are starting to take trips and business travel is coming back, but this really looks to be on my calendar, the first big event uh, for the insurance industry, come back out and get back to normal. I I think that's exactly right. My sense is that the animal spirits are starting to really, you know, sort of pop up and be very keen. I think a lot of people are going to take the summer and do more of the personal travel, right? And get their sort of feet wet with that. Uh, And then, you know, come Labor Day, kids will go back to school. Gosh, we all hope anyone who's a parent desperately hopes for that. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, business travel can resume. And I like to say it's, it's better to take one trip to Vegas and meet with the 20 folks that you know you want to meet than to have to take 20 different trips to 20 different cities to meet those same people. So this year, a brand new venue. It's a brand new venue. It was hard to believe that we had actually started to outgrow the MGM grant. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It it is. It is. It's one of those things where you you look back, when I think back to Carib and I meeting in a Panera Bread as we're hashing this out, and we're only meeting in Panera because I apparently can't listen to what city you know, in Virginia, he lives in and picked one that was four hours north of him. Uh, We always knew it was possible, but still, you still have to pinch yourself a little bit. So the Mandalay Bay is a, you know, I actually had a chance to go visit it last week and it's it's great. It's a great, great venue uh, for those that are, you know, we think about, it's not just what you do during the hours of the conference. It's about all that surrounds it. And I think that's also one thing that makes Mandalay special is it doesn't just have more room, more space, easier to spread out, but it also has great entertaining, you know, sort of like venues. So I think the the overall experience is going to feel elevated. You, you know, I love talking about the show, but I even love more talking about that story. I don't think many people have heard of Jay flying into literally the wrong city. So, so wait, is, that, is that true? Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about the origin story of ITC, but I got to jump in here and tell this story. So, so it's like early in, we're starting to like do some planning, getting to know each other a bit better as we start to work on this together. And, you know, he's based in New York, I'm in Richmond. So it's a lot easier for him to sort of fly somewhere than, than for me. So he, he flies in, I come, come fly into Richmond. Uh, I'll pick you up. It'll be great. Well, you know, in and out, no worries. And, uh, then the, the day before or whatever, and he's like, I think I'm flying into Washington, DC. That's a mid-Atlantic, you know, city with actually the airports are in are, the, the airports are in Virginia, so that's got to be right. Yeah. So long and the short of it is like we decide, okay, well, let's meet halfway from where you're flying into and where I actually live, and well, that's a little town called Fredericksburg along I-95, and there's a Panera there. We we had like our first real planning session for ITC back in you know, gosh, that's probably late 2015, early 2016. And so, and so from there you said, we got to plan it. We got to go somewhere where everyone knows where they're flying into and, and let's go to Las Vegas. As long as they don't go to Las Vegas, New Mexico, right? Exactly. That's, that's a great way to think of it. 
Man. I'm thinking that maybe they talked about maybe one day we can be on this crazy little InsureTech podcast. Maybe. Maybe that's did, what they talked about. Did you guys oh. talk about that? Oh, I think I think Caribou was sitting there going, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Who is this yo-yo? The guy didn't even come to the right city. Uh, Who is this person who's going to be in charge of setting up a the logistics of this the logistics in the wrong city? Wow. Well, um, you're you're all in the right place now. So tell us more. Tell us more. I know that you you've secured a really big name that I know well, Evan Greenberg, as as a keynote speaker this year. It looks like the lineup is starting to is starting to firm up. You guys must be excited about that. We, we are. I think when we think back again to, you know, because this is sort of origin story time, and we think back to some of the people that we were, uh, I knew we always wanted, you know, it was like, okay, one day, I hope that we are an important enough and valuable enough platform that Evan Greenberg will, you know, sort of join our stage. You know, in many ways, it's like mission, you know, sort of like mission accomplished. I think i uh, also excited about, uh, you know, sort of Chris Krebs, who is the former director of the, right. Uh, right. So he's the former CISO for Department of Homeland Security. I think, you know, cyber, we can't go a day without some sort of cyber news. And so important. And, yeah. and I think, you know, for us, at least, you know, it's one thing to talk about the, what's the insurance angle, but at the end of the day, we're insuring a risk. So what's that risk look like? And does the industry have its like fingers on the pulse, you know, sort of like of that uh, particular you know, risk. And, you know, from a startup perspective, you know, it's like, gosh, right. You look back to 2016, you think about companies like Hippo and uh, that are now, you know, sort of will most likely be public at the time. Mm-hmm. And we look at the, you know, sort of the funding. And I think in last count, you know, we had uh, what, like $4 billion on our stage. And that was just from the last, you know, number of, you know, sort of 12 months. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you think about 2016, you know, we have this year, you know, we had a CEO of WeFox. They just announced at 600 and, is it five, 650, something over $600 million, the largest round ever. That was more than the entire, you know, sort of industry had raised in, uh, you know, sort of 2016. So it's, right. you know, the industry has definitely come uh, a long way. I'm going to take a breath so that Caribou can jump in. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going on all the other stuff we have. Well, look, I, I think that we continue to have the the show be more and more expansive as people recognize that not only is insurance sort of spanning the entire world and the entire industry, you know, the, the entire economy um, beyond just sort of itself. But I think as we start to have, uh, I, I hope more and more companies from outside of the insurance industry proper start to show up, start to be there, even be on stage. Uh, because the intersection with insurance and insurtech and the rest of the economy is so important. Yeah, how is that going? I think back to all of the companies you had that weren't really insurance related, but they are now. I mean, is that still a driving force? I see here, you know, General Motors, right, has a has a presence there. You have people uh, and you have companies that you wouldn't really think about insurance, but they absolutely fit. I mean, is it really coming together? I would say absolutely. I mean, General Motors is a great example. We think back to how risk is usually underwritten, and you, especially in the OEMs, you have a car manufacturer that makes a car, and then you have insurance companies that decide, you know, what is it going to cost if they're, you know, sort of going to insure it, and and that's sort of that barrier is is sort of representative of the barriers inside of an insurance company that we've always wanted to sort of break down, because they really should the insurance piece should be developed hand in hand. 
And especially when you talk about new technologies that are in cars, that an OEM is going to have a far better understanding of exactly what those technologies are. So I think it, you know, the, the other one that comes up a lot as you think about embedded insurance, and it's a topic that we're going to hear a lot about, you know, kind of like this year, you know, people are always saying, you know, gee, if someone's buying insurance and they're buying a product, rarely is insurance what they're buying. They're buying something else. So why not have insurance sold you know, there? And that particular of like, is it going to hit you know, scale? But it is, I think, you know, one of the new elephants in the room is like, is distribution, especially for smaller products, going to be disrupted by you know, the sort of this continued APIification? One of the things I want to ask you about is the bold move you guys made to say, we're doing it, we're doing it this year, we're going to Las Vegas, we're having the conference. As we're all experiencing right now, as, we're, as, as we speak, things are starting to loosen up and they're starting to happen. But a couple of months ago when you guys announced it, it was still kind of risky. I mean, what was the calculus? How did you guys make the decision? Or was, did you have a, a crystal ball that, that helped you with it? T- talk about that process. It's funny that you use the term crystal ball because that is actually what Jay and I would talk about. Like, you know, look into the crystal ball. What if I told you, Jay, that you have three crystal balls? Each one reveals how many cases per day will be at in the US, right? Come June, right? Come September of this year. And I just couldn't tell you for sure which of the three crystal balls is right. You know, there's the low case, the medium case, the high case. What would you do differently if you knew that that was going to be the answer, though? So we had lots of those kinds of discussions. And the good news is, you know, as, as you know, most or all of your listeners here will, will know that being in the insurance business, there's a lot that, you know, math and actuarial prediction can do for you. I actually think that a lot of the math was pretty straightforward once they knew that they had vaccines, once they knew you know, how many they could be producing in Q1 and Q2 of this year. I mean, there's been little, you know, fits and starts, little speed bumps here and there. But even in January, it was pretty clear that by June, we'd probably be more demand constrained than supply constrained on vaccines. Right? Think about that. In in January, we kind of knew that anyone who wanted to walk in and get a vaccine in the U.S. could. Once you know that with your crystal ball, it becomes a lot easier to say, well, you know, these are really good vaccines, by the way. Therefore, you know, people who want to go to Vegas in October ought to be able to do so pretty safely. And, and we'll do our part, of course, to help ensure that. But it, it was kind of just, in my view, it was mostly math, almost actuarial math. And in my view, this is where I'm immensely thankful to have had Caribou and have Caribou as a partner because between the two of us, uh, you know, there's there's one of us that uh, looks at things sort of logically. There's another one of us that runs around freaked out at times, and they're not the same person. So, uh, you know, I think it was. You know, I will oftentimes, you know, say say to Caribou, like he'll he'll give such a great actuarial argument, you know, to which I'll say, but you know, wh- where's the human factor in this? And uh, surely, you know, it can never go according to plan. Nothing ever goes according to plan. Don't you know? It was was certainly not, uh, yeah, it wasn't easy. It wasn't nerve wracking, but it also spoke to the, to to really, this is a great chance for me to like thank Caribou uh, because, you know. Stop it, Jay. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So how's the response been? 
uh, are you seeing the kind of numbers and the kind of registration uh, that you anticipated? I mean, just to take a step back, you let's go back to 2019. You guys have a record-setting conference, um, another amazing year of growth and, and movement forward. And then, of course, you know, in the conference world, you guys are one of the most affected uh, industries that there that there was. You were cl- essentially closed down. I mean, so coming out of that, and I want to talk about, we want to talk about COVID for a minute, but not quite yet. What kind of expectations did you have coming into this? And this is another good example between, you know, sort of like where I will oftentimes be a little bit more conservative. And I think Caribou, you know, sort of is willing to have faith in the animal spirits of things. Uh, but as we you know, kind of came out of this, the, the first decision that was on our minds was, you know, go back to Caribou's, you know, point about it looked by even January that it was very, you know, there would be vaccine supplies and that, you know, the math would support a safe gathering. And so then it was a question of when's the right time to put a flag in the ground and say, yes, we're getting back in person. How does it make sure that it is you know, sort of like responsible because at the end of the day, it's as much as we want to be back, like our, our priority is to this community. Like they're the ones that made us. And so we want to, you know, return the favor. Right. So that was, I'd say one of the earliest things that we had to decide is, okay, like we knew by January that you know, we're going to do this thing in person, but we waited, you know, I'd say closer to March before we said, uh, broadly speaking, you know, to, to the public, like this thing's uh, happening. And then to answer your question about the you know, sort of what were the expectations, you know, it's a, uh, it was also a harder one because, you know, the data points of events, no one had come back yet. So, and events are across the board. We happen to be very, you know, I'd say fortunate that the insurance industry and insured tech in particular had still had such, you know, sort of demand after that brief, you know, sort of like uh, hiccup of uncertainty, you know, you know, I'd say right March through May. Um, but it, you know, it sort of was validated in many ways in industry. So it was like, okay, we have this industry that's doing great, but no one really knows what that number is going to be. You know, Caribou, the math, you know, sort of put his math hat on and was sort of, well, you know, we're not going to get internationals. So, you know, we'll have to, they'll have to factor that out. But in our business, sponsorships is, is usually a leading indicator of the ultimate mm. demand. And Mm-hmm. It has been unexpected. The number of companies that have come out in support of what we're doing, truly phenomenal. The number of companies that are, you know, I'd say in many ways, almost first time sponsors. It's amazing. Like the maturity, like all of a sudden, I feel like we feel the maturity. The startups, uh, it, I think about, I was talking to Snapsheet the other day and they're suggesting that, you know, a panel that they want to do. And, you know, they, they came back and there was like, it was all what I would have thought of as startups, but these are all companies that are now at scale and are real clients, yeah. um, a company like Snapsheet. So it's, it was a, it was a very uh, longer way of saying it has been a just phenomenal interest so much so that on the sponsorship front, we're, you know, practically, you know, sort of sold out. Uh, and we've been seeing fantastic, you know, sort of support and demand from registrations as well. I was on your sponsorship um, and expo page, almost overwhelming. It it's literally an insure tech who's who, and and yeah, an industry is. who's who. I mean the the support you guys have garnered is very impressive. Congratulations on that. 
Jay, you brought up something there a, a moment ago about uh, thinking of companies as startups and now that they're fully at scale. I mean, think about all the companies who four or five years ago were, were just in their infancy stage and now we rely on them every day. They're major players. I mean, are there any, are there any examples that stand out to you of, of, of success stories for younger insured techs who have, who have really come into their own after being introduced or, uh, you know, coming around insured tech early on in their stages? So in, in Caribou, feel free to jump in at any moment that you want. Well, then I'll jump in right now, Jay. Oh, Thank good. You. Okay, good, good, good. It's as good a moment as any. Yeah. You know, I think that there's wave after wave after wave happening. And I think that's what's really exciting. So back in 2016, when InsureTech was just kind of becoming a term and, you know, we were debating, do you have that middle E in there or not? And <laughs> You went there. Well, we went there, yeah, I know. That, that the, is true. That is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that you saw these, these companies getting these seed and then Series A stage investments from, from name brand VCs coming into the category. And, you know, look, you can, you can, you know, run a long list and probably uh, have to give kudos to Lemonade for, you know, really drawing the most, uh, the most attention to the sector uh, and and using their sort of corporate branding immensely well. But you're seeing, you know, that first Cambrian explosion happen, but I I think it's sort of another wave after wave of that. Uh, And that's, that's part of what's exciting. And I, you know, I think there's, there's, no shortage of new trends happening. You know, Jay mentioned before, embedded, right, is really one of the, the hot button topics. I, I like to talk about the extension into invisible insurance. Yeah. You've got some folks in the no-code arena, right, mm-hmm. that uh, seem to be making really uh, amazing progress. There, there's, the, uh, there's the old, I don't know if it's an investment banking or a consulting joke that's not really funny around, like, there's really just two strategies in business, bundling and unbundling. <laughs> and, and, you know, both of those things are being done right now in right. the insurance category. I like to think all of these things are actually enabled by the APIification of the, the insurance stack. You need the APIs to embed, to do the no code, to, to bundle and rebundle. I think that the, uh, uh, that, that still looks like the most important trend. Right. And you've got all these technology entrepreneurs applying that to the insurance industry. You know, I was just staring here at some of our, you know, sort of speakers and I was looking at Pi Insurance. And I remember yeah, right. I was with John and, you know, this was, I don't know that they'd even raised their first, you know, sort of amount of money. And, you know, and then, and that was probably only three years ago. And so we've fast forward to today, you know, they've had a nine figure round and right. And they, they are an established player, right? you know, like, Direct channel, agency channel, right? They have, they like, they do good business. And you think yeah. about a company like Pi, or as I as I look here uh, and think about, you know, or I think about some of the other ones that have recently raised, like a Clear Cover. Obviously, I've mentioned Hippo, you know, sort of a lot. Uh, Next Insurance, you know, like great example where I've talked to some people who are like, like Next Insurance is just one of the best businesses, you know, sort of that's out there, and we have. So many names now that if we fast forward 10 years, we'd almost be surprised if they weren't there and even bigger. And that, that is just right. a big, like, uh, you know, like mental shift. And I think just from like the theme standpoint, 
what's always been so exciting about insurance is you pick any part of the value chain. You know, it could be product development, it could be claims, or it could be underwriting. You pick anything you want, and there's lots and lots of innovation there. Any product, you know, I think about small commercial, right? You think about different parts of life, and you can find really interesting things. And at each intersection, personal claims, uh, you know, value chain meets product, they're so big that we have this just you know, almost almost overwhelming amount of opportunity that has been fantastic to see. Probably uh, probably 100 episodes ago, we used to talk about this this neat ecosystem of uh, insured tech and how it was made up of these four or five or six different pieces. The ecosystem of insured tech is huge now. There are so many players or so many aspects to it. Um, talk to me a little bit about insured tech connect and how, you know, what do you do uh, to allow somebody to come to the conference and to kind of live within the section of the ecosystem that they want to? Are there tracks? Are there specific uh, classes that individuals need to go to? Or is it just all thrown at everybody? Now, before Jay answers that, <laughs> I, I do. And I know, I know Jay, I have to jump in here before he answers that. I, I just want to make two two little comments from what uh, uh, for your last question. One is on pie insurance that Jay mentioned. I think I actually met with John, the, the founder of Pi, at that same Panera, um, like, <laughs> um, in order to, to talk about his seed investment round. So that Panera, a lot's happened at that Panera in Fredericksburg. Um, and, and then the other thing I'd point out is, really, it, it's striking how you, you, you talk about the expansiveness of the ecosystem and InsureTech is just really taking over so much that's interesting happening here. My neighbor across the street actually works in InsureTech. Right. And it was just like, how is this possible? Uh, but he does a company called Foresight that probably no one's heard of, but it's, you know, doing workers comp innovation, like, oh my gosh. So it's just really striking to me that if my neighbor across the street is randomly working for an insure tech company, there's something happening here. Now, Jay, off to you. I, you know, this is one of your like gifts is the way that you sort of these package these insights and that that's a really striking one. Like if my neighbor, like how do we measure a trend, right? How do you measure something? And, and like, that's an unexpected way to sort of measure it. Like, yep. Is your neighbor or someone, you know, uh, in this thing when they weren't, um, you know, before as for the structure of the show, it is, I think back to our very first, you know, sort of like year and part, part of what makes us different is that we deliberately set out to be an ecosystem and we deliberately set out to be something that was a big tent. And that has a lot of benefits. It also has some initial headwinds because what it means is like you're not going to come to our show to learn. And when I say learn, this is not we do not offer continuing education credits. And it's not like tutorials or in-depth, you know, sort of information. It's, you know, I'd say it's much more in like a documentary. It's more like Sports Center in terms of like sort of the consumption. And and it was like funny, I have these. These things at the time are super scary. I remember a uh, insurer CIO came to the event, and like two of his colleagues. And I think this was 2017, and and I got this scathing email uh, that basically said my CIO hated this so much that he left after like a day, and it was, it was really rough, uh, depressingly rough when you're just in your sort of second year. And he's sort of like, you need to do a Gartner, go to a Gartner and learn how to do a conference. And I think it, but it speaks to the, this is about 
what moves the needle here, and again, at the risk of giving caribou too many uh, you know, compliments, I think my compliment meter to caribou has already uh, exceeded its max. So <laughs> I'll have to be careful now and find some ways to disagree with him. But the, you know, like we're ultimate success is to catalyze. You know, it's that company A and company B meet each other. Uh, and a year later, two years later, it's in action at scale and the policyholder benefits. And like that is sort of how we can make a difference more than anything else. So with that in mind, we cover a lot. There are seven tracks that are running. There's a demo stage that is also running. We are touching upon, you know, sort of as, as much of the uh, product lines and value chain as possible. And it really stems from the people though. It's are the right people there so that if you have that accidental interaction, like the best wedding, you may not know everyone, but you'll have enough in common to strike up a productive conversation. Our job is always to make sure it's an environment where people can get business done, where they can get the deals done, whether it's a funding deal, whether it's an investment, whether it's a distribution partnership, whatever. Our job, the real measurement of our success is whether business is getting done there. I mean, small example, I'm looking here at our spreadsheet of speakers and I see, you know, Kate Stillwell from Jumpstart. And, you know, she met, I think, Hank at one of our first events for Lloyd's. So we think about the number of, like, I think she met one of her first funders and one of her first, you know, sort of paper. And four years later, we're having a conversation. It's like, yeah, I don't actually have to come now to, to try and get you know, those things done. Like it's now time for something you know, the next level of the business. And, and we love that because now you've got a, a new product in market that wasn't going to be there otherwise. So how do you keep the excitement that, you know, started five, six years ago with your first conference as the space becomes more mature, as there's much larger players who are far more formidable? This isn't a bunch of, you know, tech insurance people trying to make something happen, it's gone way past that. How do you keep it exciting and fun? Which is really one of the hallmarks to me of InsureTech Connect is you want to be there because it's the vibe is so, the excitement level is so high. Well, well Rob, I'm going to start by disagreeing a little bit with your premise, right? Huh. So <laughs> I think that there is wave after wave of innovation uh, and the sort of the way you frame the question makes it sound like, okay, well, the startups of yesteryear have sort of won, or at least won their their place alongside the incumbents. So pity the the poor fool who tries to create a new insure tech startup. You know, and I'm putting words in your mouth, obviously, but like <laughs> th there, there's <laughs> over time there are platform shifts, right? The yeah. PC, the smartphone, the internet. I think COVID is actually a platform shift, and I think that. COVID has actually opened the door for new sets of innovations that maybe people weren't thinking about before. So I actually am kind of excited to see how both the startups and the companies who've been around for 100 years, how they are adapting or what new stuff they're creating, either in response to or almost inspired by what's happened in the last year and a half with COVID. And by the way, I think that's a great way to put it. They also, I think scale is another one. If we think about a company that's gone from zero to where they are today, it's a huge amount. But from where they are today to where they could be, and I was thinking about what is it like State Farm is is it somewhere around like eighty billion in gross written premium? I think annually. And yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, and, and lemonade in 2020 was 200 million. So yeah. we, we think about the, there's still a long way to go here and despite this. It's, it's early. It's early. So we've talked about InsureTech Connect. We've talked about the speakers. We've talked about the venue. But we haven't talked about the party. And I'm very curious, is there going to be a party at the end of InsureTech Connect? A lot of people haven't been to parties. We haven't been to venues really to hear anything. Is that going to be a part of it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And, but in a nod towards the fact that I, I actually am, uh, you know, not super excited. Like I, I like as, as an audience of one here, like uh-huh. I, I am not the guy who's going to rush back to a concert the first thing. Yeah. Uh, but I can say, and so one thing to, in a nod to people who are like me, it's going to be outside. So Mandalay oh, has a fantastic facility called the beach yes. and uh, yeah, so a perfect venue for uh, us to sort of wrap up 2021. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's a great venue. Will any end up in the water? That's my question. That's really my question now. It's like, will anyone actually end up in the water though? Uh, and it's funny, it might seem a little bit like, well, what does this have to do with insurance or insure tech? And you know, I think what we realized, all sorts of unintended, you know, sort of like uh, results here. One of the things that we heard uh, several times that we never would have thought would be a goal of ours is that people say, thank you. I feel inspired. Like I, I enjoy this industry. I feel proud to be in this industry. So we look at the totality of the experiences. If, if people leave Vegas feeling energized, like there is going to be a tangible impact uh, yeah. you know, that happens as a result. So we want that, you know, we think a little bit of fun, you know, it is a long, so, right, it's long days. It's a lot to do. You need to have a little bit of fun at the end so that when you head back, you know, you, you're just, you're charged. Yeah. Fun is a good backdrop for serendipity, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. It's a, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. In fact, a fun environment makes people more likely to actually have those serendipitous conversations with other attendees that they didn't even know that they wanted to meet with. But it turns out they actually had a lot mm-hmm. to talk about and potentially do business with. Yeah, both Lee and I have many, many stories about just that, people that we met serendipitously at ITC. It promotes that. I, I, I want, before we go, I want to spend a couple of minutes about talking about COVID, not that we haven't all talked enough or thought enough or lived enough in COVID already. But uh, I'm, I'm interested in what it was like to run a conference company during a global pandemic. Uh, and I'm sure some of those answers are obvious to our audience, but but you guys were actually on the inside of it every day trying to make it happen. Share with us some of the insights that you've gained from from that experience and also maybe some insights about how you think that the conference business uh, maybe has changed or changed forever. Caribou, do you want to start that one off? I'll start. But, you know, Jay, since, since you actually do all the work, right, and I just get to be a very nice figurehead, uh, I'll kick it back to you pretty quick. I'll actually point to Jay has assembled an absolutely top-notch team of people right, for the event, right? The, a few that, that you might interact with if you're registering or if you're sponsoring, but really there's a team of like a dozen folks that um, are making it all happen, right? Uh, and... Boy, you think about it being stressful 
for Jay or myself, it's really stressful for them, right? They are trying to manage all sorts of contingencies and, well, what if the crystal ball turns out like this or that, or what if the crystal ball is wrong? Uh, hey, I've never encountered this kind of situation before with this attendee or potential attendee. What do we do here? Uh, so I'll tip the hat uh, actually to the team that Jay's got. That's the most important thing. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, that you think about the, it is trench warfare. And so you have to think about who do you want to be in the trenches with? So Claire, but I'm really glad that you brought that up. I, I was, it is no, right? It, be lying if we said it wasn't awful. Uh, and it was not, you know, like it was, it was, you know, gut wrenching on many levels, but you know, when you, one of the things that we sort of ultimately had to like challenge ourselves is this is a moment, right? Somebody is going to do really well during this period. Someone is. So with every sort of shift in, in the winds, you know, it's going to go, somebody gets a headwind, someone gets a tailwind. So it really is a great chance if you can if you can extract yourself and really try to analyze the situation. And so for us, it was also a chance to say, what are we? Right? Are we? Are, what are what are we at our core? And we decided that, you know, what we're we're not an events company at our core. Like we're a connections business. We are here to serve an industry. And we also had to ask ourselves, like, what would feel? How do you feel like you get to play some amount of offense and not just defense? Because you need that too. So we also asked ourselves, like. What does it mean to be ITC? What can we do that still feels like it's ITC and serving the industry? And, and what can we do to feel like we're actually building and playing offense uh, here a little bit? And, and for us, it actually turned out to be uh, a lot of time getting closer to the community and building a lot of, you know, sort of like tech as we think about the future and saying, how do we, you know, to, to Caribou's point about serendipity, how, how can we do it? We've obviously thought a lot about the future, and there was a lot of uncertainty. Like, is there going to be uh, a room for in-person events again? Are we all going to be wearing, you know, sort of VR and just interacting in a space? And, and I, I look at something like the Oculus as a good example. And like, immersive gaming experience has not become the dominant platform. No. So the same thing uh -huh. with agents, right? There's a lot of stuff you can buy online, but mm -hmm. right, Direct has not you know, is not the majority of how premiums, you know, policies are purchased. So right. hey, for us, it's okay. You know, we always are going to believe in this, this sort of Super Bowl defining moment uh, because like you're there and when you're there and you're in it, you're going to meet people and you're going to talk to people. Whereas, but what happens otherwise? You're going to, you're going to get distracted. And so I think there's a, you know, there's a level of, you know, efficiency. So there's a little bit, uh, I'm going to, start an introduction, start a relationship, but it's not going to get replaced. So I, I guess we look at it as, you know, the digital virtual world is a good, you know, sort of augment and has a role, but it is not yet time to say, okay, the in-person, uh, you know, has, does not have the same value. And COVID has been a crisis playing out in slow motion, yes. which is, yes. which is both Good and bad, right? When it plays out in slow motion, you can actually think about it a little bit more. You can stare at it. You don't have to make an impulse choice, um, but it, it sure does wear on you, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month. We've all experienced some aspect of COVID as a slow motion crisis. But I, I will remind you that Jay and I actually had to deal with a rapid action crisis. That's right. At ITC 2017. 
That's right. When, sadly, the you know the biggest mass shooting in American history occurred you know a mile away from our venue hours before we were getting started with the the event, and you know navigating that uh, rapid motion crisis maybe helped equip us to to navigate this slow motion crisis as well. So how's the response been? We have a world coming out of COVID, hopefully. How's the response been? People want to see their colleagues. People want to see not, people want to see the people that they work in their same company and they want to meet the people that are outside their company. People are eager to spend time with like-minded people. That the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And what we see right now is you see companies that are making the decision. I mean, JP Morgan's a great example where they fully believe that they're going to get more business done by being out there again. And, Mm -hmm. and, And so I think it's always, I'm always a little bit hesitant to sort of, you know, toot the in-person benefit because there's a clear benefit to us. But, you know, I, I think we are seeing it objectively and that, you know, again, back to this idea that like, oh, I don't have to, to travel. Well, maybe the bar is higher for certain things, but at the end of the day, like is a difference between buying something on a credit card and paying for it in an invoice. And, you know, and, and when you buy it on a credit card, you don't necessarily need a relationship. When you're going to make a deal that is millions of dollars, you know, tens of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, you need a little bit more there. And the people who are going to be there are the ones that I think are still going to ultimately, you know, sort of win. And that's why we, you know, we love being a place where it's inspired and deals get done. And at the end of the day, the policyholder benefits. As we close, I'll give you guys one minute anything you want to tease, anything you want to perhaps still hit on uh, vis-a-vis October in Las Vegas at InsureTech Connect uh, with this couple minutes we have left? Well, I'll probably go, and again by saying, we hope and cannot wait to see everyone October 4th through the 6th. I think what is also very interesting this year is it probably will be our best, you know, sort of in-person lineup of speakers. And we continue to try and create new ways as we've gotten bigger to bring groups together. So this year, we are continuing on with our Agency Connect, which we are rebranding this year for to be Broker Tech Connect. Right? We're again doubling down on distribution and believing that agents are the you know and brokers are the path to distribution. Uh, and we're also launching something called Group Tech Connect. We think about the shift in sort of health and the rise of, you know, or, or reinvigoration of the work site and voluntary benefits. So getting, you know, sort of deeper into the group space uh, is something else that is going to be new this year. And, you know, I think what people have come to love, which is a place to feel excited and to get to meet just world-class people. Uh, as I scroll through not just our speakers, but the people who are attending hard not to just feel like I cannot wait to see what's going to come out of it. And I will take the last word by quoting Jay. So he gets the last word too, (laughs) which is uh, the biggest trend in insurance really does seem to be in sure tech. And I think that the folks who are able to be at ITC uh, this October will continue to 
move that forward. Well, speaking as somebody who works every day in the actual doing of insurance or the processing of insurance, I will fully agree with you. And the carriers have embraced it at a level and, and at a pace that was unforeseen and never seen prior to COVID. So if there's something positive that's come out of it, it lit the fire or lit it brighter um, underneath InsureTech going forward. And your guys' event is a cornerstone of that whole universe. And we thank you for doing it and for everything that you put out. And thank you very much for, for being with us today once again. And we'll hold you to uh, the invitation again next year and look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. It's been great. It's been great. Thank you both. Jay and Caribou, thank you so much once again for being with us. Uh, Lots of information, Lee. Lots for people to chew on. And let's get excited. We're going to to Vegas in a few months. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Viva Las Vegas. No. And look for us. We'll be in the uh, we'll be in the broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the uh, in the orange suit, and you'll be in in the blue suit. <laughs> That's true. And we'll have our headsets on, mm-hmm. uh, so everyone will know it's us. That's in right. fact, what'll be really weird is we'll be walking around the whole conference with our headsets on. Yeah, but really, I mean, <laughs> even if though somebody, they won't be plugged into anything. <laughs> but if somebody sees us and actually recognizes us, come up and and say hi. You know, we'd love to visit with you. Uh, just for the record, I don't look exactly like my caricature, um, uh, but I guess I look uh, enough uh, enough like it that it hasn't changed in all these episodes. That's a matter of opinion. It makes my daughter cry. <laughs> well, we're not going to make you cry, and we're going to say goodbye. So until next time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>